on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. It's a happy Halloween edition on the block here on ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1 ESPN Radio, Utica Road. Tapping in Mohawk Valley. Great to have you on board today, wherever you're listening today. Now, I always discuss the app with you, right? And if you have the app on your phone, there's a listen tab on the app, so you can click that and take us with you wherever you go. That's always a good thing to have. It is especially a good thing to have today because it is Halloween, and many of you are about to begin the trick-or-treating festivities, unfortunately for some of you, in the rain. But, you know, hey, it's Syracuse, it's Halloween, not a big surprise, right? So darn it if there is a day where I cannot hammer home enough while you're out there getting the tricks, getting the treats, leading the kitties around, doing your thing, you want to take us with you wherever you go. Take us trick-or-treating. We'll take the little Snickers bars. The app is a great way to listen while you do it. So please download the app on your phone. It's just the ESPN app, easy enough to find. There's a listen tab right there, and then find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome, and off we go with you. Trick-or-treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. It's a beautiful thing. Here's how you get in touch with the show today. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. Your annual friendly reminder from your friends on the block here on Halloween night. If you say trick or treat and someone hands you a mallow cup, throw it right back in their face and then come back later with toilet paper and eggs and that sort of thing and make an omelet. No, you know what to do. Mallow cups. How dare you, sir? Say that first. How dare you? How, how dare you? Hand my child this, and then throw it back at him and storm away. And demand restitution. And no, I'm just kidding. Just, just say no, no thanks. What else you got in there? Right? Can I have some pennies? Got some Burger King coupons in there. Remember those old popcorn balls people used to make? You got some fruit cake from last Christmas? How about that? I'll take that over this garbage. Happy Halloween. So hope everybody has a great and safe. Halloween tonight. Okay, look out for the kitties and all that good stuff, okay? Happy Halloween, everybody. Great to have you here. I met this six-year-old boy with the blackest eyes, the devil's eye. All right, what do we got coming up today? Nate Mink's coming up today. Now, um, we will talk Syracuse football with Nate here 
on this radio program in about 15 minutes. I would encourage you, the lengths that I will go to entertain you people. So Nate and I do a little football show on Syracuse.com. We call it Orange Weekly. And for today's episode of Orange Weekly, uh, let's just say that I had a lot of costume changes. I talk Syracuse football as Elvis, as a pickle, as a beaver, the cowardly lion, a scarecrow from Wizard of Oz as well, and a few other costumes, Pikachu, and a few others. I don't, we, you know, we don't want to spoil the whole thing. We want you to watch it. But if anything, just to see me dressed up in all those costumes, please check out Orange Weekly. Nate and I will talk Syracuse football coming up this hour, what it means to be back in the poll, the college football ranking, preview of the upcoming Wake Forest game and so much more. The Syracuse football conversation will continue with our friend Julian Wiggum, who will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour right here in studio, as he does every Wednesday throughout the Syracuse football season. So plenty of Syracuse football to get into, plenty of SU hoops to get into, with one final exhibition game tonight against LeMoyne at the Carrier Dome before they get it on for real. Next Tuesday, Election Day, November 6th, the Syracuse football, or pardon me, the Syracuse basketball season will get underway. So we've got plenty of hoops to get into as we go through the show as well. Hot takes as usual, but, you know, I want to start with something that is not Syracuse-related today, but it's just something I feel we need to discuss. It's something I'm angry about, and I am angry about it. And I don't even go there. I have no affiliation to the school. It's, it's just disgusting. The standards that have plummeted, not only in society in a lot of ways, generally, right? Yay, democracy! But in... Major college sports, I will in no way, other than the example I'm about to give you, use the word surprise in describing this. None of this surprises me, shocks me, or any definition of any word that can be tied to that. What it does is it disgusts me. That this is the level we are at, that a man has been given the benefit of the doubt in this case. And that is what is happening at Maryland. And I think most of you have a working understanding of what happened at Maryland. If you don't, let me just recap it for you briefly. First of all, someone died. Jordan McNair, a football player at Maryland in June, died as the result of a football workout in the heat, a death that was 100% preventable. Had action been taken when it was needed? Had he been given an ice bath and treatment by professionals when it was needed? And it was a story that, frankly, you know, slid under the radar for a while until some other things started to come out about that culture at Maryland. Videos that players were forced to watch of a drill going through an eyeball. I'm not making this up. Sounds like a Halloween movie, right? No, that that happened. The humiliation that took place using food and other sorts of things regularly with these players. As Andy Staples writes on SI.com, do you want your son forced to watch a drill going into an eyeball video at breakfast? Do you want your son to play for a guy who claims to have an open-door policy but only opens it for players who agree with everything he does? Do you want your son to play for a coach who allows a strength coach to chuck weights around the weight room when he gets mad. All these things were documented and were happening. And a culture of embarrassment and shame 
was happening at the University of Maryland around their football program. So when this all came to light, DJ, DJ Durkin, the head coach there, was suspended indefinitely. The athletic director's job was put at risk. The president of the university's job was put at risk. That strength coach that we mentioned was not fired. He was bought off. He, he profited from this. He was given a buyout to go away. And then that story kind of faded out, and the Urban Meyer story was kind of dovetailing with it a little bit, and that took precedent, and, you know, we all know what happened with Urban Meyer, despite the blatant lying that he did and the culture behind the scenes that, you know, obviously turned out to be a load of BS. He was suspended for a few games. He came back, and all is well, and I say that, you know, very in air quotes because it's not, and it's ridiculous. But not surprising, right? Because he's Urban Meyer and he wins championships in Ohio State. And it just goes back to the same question of how we build up certain people in college athletics to be untouchable. That the program will fall in on itself if that person is not in charge. And I am here to remind you that no one meets that status. No one. Not Jim Beheim, not Dino Babers, not anybody. And I hate to bring Syracuse into this, but I'm saying we cannot build any college coach into these gods, into these untouchable figures. Life will move on. The program would move on. Will it be as, as successful with without certain coaches? Well, you know, that's debatable. But to put everything else aside for the sake of winning and consistency and, and the comfort level that college sports gives you is reprehensible. And that is what is happening at Maryland here. D.J. Durkin, who, by the way, is 10 and 15 in his two years there, would cost merely $5 million to buy out. Got his job back. The regents of the University of Maryland has decided they are going to implement D.J. Durkin back as the head coach. He'll be on the sideline this week when they play Michigan State. The athletic director will remain in place. The president of the university claimed that, well, I wanted to fire D.J. Durkin, but the Board of Regents wasn't going to go along with that. Leaked that information, let it rest out there so he could basically ride out the end of the year and walk away in June, which, of course, has financial implications. Let me remind you that D.J. Durkin once sat in someone's living room, and that someone was Marty McNair, Jordan McNair's father, and promised that he would take care of his son. Trust me with your son. I will take care of him. We will build him up as a man. We will build him up as a football player. He will get a great situation academically. And I will keep him safe. You failed at that job. This happened on your watch in your time. Marty McNair, who said today, quote, I feel like I've been punched in the stomach and someone spit in my face. And I can't believe that's all he, it's not all he said but that's like i would come up with something much more let's say <laughs> that you couldn't air on a radio show to say about that the university of maryland it is amazing to me doesn't recognize in the regions and the people that made this decision what they're doing here what they are tolerating what is considered tolerable in society today and this just adds to it so it is my fervent hope that this will cost them more long term. I had no reason to root against the University of Maryland in anything.
before this happened. I will now root against them with the passion of a thousand sons every time they step foot on a football field or anywhere else because of how disgusting this is. It is my hope that recruiting and donations to the school and lawsuits pile up and that they realize how dumb this was to choose this man over what is right, to choose this man over what... Can you imagine having a degree from this school today, being associated with this school today? How is DJ Erkin remaining the football coach there more important than this kid's life and the culture that you built there that partially led to this? Let me answer that for you. It's not. It's $5 million. Whatever the buyout is, you do it and you move on. Because no one is that important that they ride that out. If you did not have a reason until this moment, until this day, to root against Maryland football, as long as DJ Durkin remains the head coach there, I hope you root as hard for their opponent every week as you root for your favorite teams whoever they shall be, and of course we're in Syracuse, New York, so we know the answer to that for the most part. It is, it is reprehensible that this has gone down. The NCAA has been silent on this to this point. The NCAA is a little slow on things, as we know, but this will just be another example of how fruitless, gutless, and useless they have become. You're supposed to, you are supposed to be the oversight of Division I athletics in this country. And they have been proven time after time, including what happened at North Carolina recently, that you're useless, that you are an archaic organization that still profits greatly off of old rules and serves no purpose. And eventually when the Power Five schools break away from you, and they will, and show how archaic you are, I will root for that day as well. But that's a whole different topic for a different day in this sense. Here we sit today and... I want to know what Kevin Plank thinks. He is the president and founder and name up front when it comes to Under Armour. Under Armour is a major, not only sponsor, but Under Armour is Maryland. He is a Maryland grad and has tried to make Maryland football big time, and they have failed at that. They're in the Big Ten, and they are in no way, shape, or form a power in the Big Ten. They're just kind of along for the ride because the Big Ten got sold a bill of goods that Maryland would be good for them. Just, I'm not surprised. I cannot use that word sports today. It is hard to surprise me, to shock me, to present something to me that, A, we haven't seen before, or B, just is not something that should knock you out of your chair given the unfortunate turns that some parts of society have taken today. But the fact that, I mean, this was all put right in front of you. This was easy. I, you know, do your due diligence. Investigate. Let it play out. Let emotions calm down. Facts have to be determined here before you start firing people. Because then you could get sued and for cause. And I understand that. I, I completely understand that. But after that process, after, what, almost four months of this, the determination is that you feel he should still be in charge of the other young men on that football team after what happened to Jordan McNair? It's it's just reprehensible. But is it surprising? No, that's major college athletics today. And it's sad. It, it, it is sad. And it, 
There are times when we look at how passionate we are about college athletics or sports in general, and then things like this kind of creep back in, and you're like, I don't feel good about that today. This is one of those days. 437-7644, Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. So I, I want to do, I really just wanted to get that off my chest because I have no ties to it whatsoever, and I'm angry looking at this, reading this stuff, and, and seeing it. It's just, uh, it, it's it's beyond comprehension sometimes. It really is. All right, we've got uh, Syracuse football to discuss. Thankfully, uh, brighter news on that front, including they got into the college football playoff ranking Last night, a lot higher than probably most of us thought. So we will discuss that more with Nate Mink coming up from Syracuse.com. Right now, it's Diamonds and Dogs. It's our guy, Lee Baldwin. He's got more treats than tricks today, I hope, from the Stock Market Report. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. You know, October's been a scary month in the markets, one of the worst in, I think, eight years. But Halloween today, we ended on a high note. NASDAQ stocks were up over 2%. So... Uh, our diamond's going to be Apple, the granddaddy of tech stocks, up over $5. And we'll be watching them tomorrow as they report earnings, I think, after the close tomorrow. Our dog is for the gamers out there, EA Sports, Electronic Arts, down 345 uh, The report looked good, but the holiday seasons might be a little, I don't know if they have a new game coming out. So Lee, that's I what I got. Thank you. And by the way, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I am the lead candy inspector. In, in, in the axe house do you take on that title as well these days well have a wonderful night take go for a little trick-or-treat there you go enjoy it lee all right thanks guys thank you sir that's lee baldwin ladies and gentlemen from lee baldwin and company you can find him in casanova and utica you can find him online at leebaldwin.com get more treats than tricks on that stock portfolio he was right october was brutal but it seems like they're kind of balancing the scales a little bit as we turn the page to November. We'll break on that note, talk some Syracuse football with Nate Mink next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Oh, it sure is. It's a Halloween night edition of On the Block. So glad to have you here. Now, that was a great promo, by the way, that led off that last break. I mean, it really is amazing when you think about it. For 364 days out of the year, what do we tell our kids? Don't talk to strangers. Don't take candy from strangers. But tonight, tonight, you go out there and you get as much as you can. It's, it really is amazing when you think of it. And make sure uh, all candy transactions go through the head candy inspector. Uh, uh, it's a very important title to have in uh, your household. All the dads are the, ha- uh, the head candy inspectors and all you moms out there. Doing your thing, too, of course. It's a very important job. Lots of taste tests required. Oh, haven't haven't tried a Reese's yet. Got to taste that. Uh, Sean in Central Square texted in. The On the Block text line is 2880644. Uh, Brent, definitely go see the new Halloween movie if you haven't already. I saw it last weekend. Really good. Highly recommended. Definitely the best one since the original, which is still the best and scariest horror movie. I'm very biased in this conversation I think the scariest horror movie is Halloween. I watch it every year. It still creeps me out. I still catch little things that, you know, you forget about or didn't see the first time. I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was in that scene. And it's just, ah, nothing gives you a good scare like Halloween. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do this thing. (laughs) 
We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Sheriff, death has come to your little town. Is Loomis in the new one? You got to have a Loomis, right? We shall see. Don't spoil it for me. I heard it's amazing, though. I mean, they basically threw out every other sequel. They brought Jamie Lee Curtis back again. Because let's be honest, they could have ended it, and this was on last night, and of course I had to watch some of it. Halloween H2O, which I can't believe was 20 years ago, but was 20 years ago. The movie that came out 20 years after Halloween was 20 years ago. I just, I, I remember distinctly going to see that in the theaters with my buddies. So they could have ended it right there, but... Why stop there when you can have Buster Rhymes come back in a sequel in a Halloween movie? So I'm glad that uh, the new crew basically just kind of erased everything beyond the original Halloween and said, no, we're just going to kind of reboot that. And I've heard good things, so can't wait to see it. Uh, You know uh, what was not good? Ratings for the World Series. Red Sox-Dodgers is the third lowest-rated World Series on record. It had an 8.3 average in terms of the ratings, which, by the way, translates to just over 14 million viewers. That's pretty good. It still won a lot of primetime battles. It's still something that Fox made money off of. But it is higher than just the 2012 World Series, which was Giants-Tigers, and the 2014 World Series, which is Giants-Royals. Now, remember, there was an 18-inning game. The Red Sox kind of had this inevitability factor. There are two giant markets there, but baseball is so local now that I don't even think Red Sox-Dodgers kind of had that have-to-see-it national appeal. And I mentioned there was an inevitable—I can't say that word. It was inevitable that the Sox were going to win this thing. And I don't say that as a Red Sox fan. Okay, I kind of say that as a Red Sox fan, but I think people looked at it that way. Like, yeah, they won 108 games from the World Series. They're going to win this thing. Had it gone beyond a Game 5, had the Dodgers fought it back and got it back to Boston, I think the ratings would have been a little better. But I'm surprised it's that low. Everything is lower in sports to a certain extent. The NFL has held firm, and you know you have to kind of adjust for the modern way people consume things. But it, you add in streaming, you add in apps, you add in... Other viewing experiences and the way that people watch things today, it was still all pretty low. I wasn't surprised the ratings were where they were. I was surprised it's the third third lowest rated World Series of all time. You're telling me you got the Red Sox, Dodgers, That's Boston, L.A., two top five television markets and all the optics that went into that. I'm not surprised at the numbers to a certain extent, but the third lowest ever, I was surprised to read that. Cool Syracuse Athletics stat, by the way. Syracuse men's basketball, women's basketball, and football are all ranked in the Associated Press Top 25 right now. Now, basketball's preseason rankings. But still, the fact that men's hoops, women's basketball, and football are all ranked in the AP Top 25, only two athletic departments in the country can say that right now. Now, without Googling it, do you know who the other team is? Only two athletic departments at this point can say that men's basketball, women's basketball, 
and football are all in the top 25. Who is the other team? Uh, that's enough of that. Miss- Mississippi State. It's Mississippi State. Probably not the first program to pop to mind, but you got to think about SEC football, who's good enough there. And This is what to you? What does this represent? It's a great bragging point for Syracuse. It's a great thing you could put out on social media. It's, it's kind of a cool promotion of the athletic department right now. Can both basketball programs maintain and stay there? I think they've got the rosters to do so which is something that needs to be brought up in conversation more. Not only does the men's basketball team bring back five starters, so does the women's team. Like, they've got a chance, all the hype and the buildup, and I understand it, you know, where the levels are and the interest is and, you know, what kind of consumes Syracuse sports fandom, if you will. But that women's team actually has a great shot to be a Final Four team, too. They've got the player, Tiana Mahankaihia, who led the country in assists last year. A lot of experience back, a lot of starters back. Like, don't sleep on them. Like, everybody knows Coach Q has built a terrific program. They were in the Final Four a couple years ago. That's not a surprise to hear that. But somebody brought this up to me today, and I couldn't answer this. So, Seth, I don't know if you guys have the answer to this. Has that ever happened I should know this, but I didn't have the answer for it. I'll give him a shout-out. My boy Matt at the Barking Orange asked me today, which is a great place to bring your dog, by the way. Men's hoops, women's basketball, football. Have they ever been ranked at the same time? Because I can't remember a time. you got to remember, women's basketball for a long time at Syracuse University, unfortunately, was really bad. So they were never near the rankings for a long time. Obviously, men's basketball and football have crossed paths a lot. A number of times, a number of years, but this is the first time football has been in the rankings at all since 2001. So, one of those uh, questions for SU Athletics. I'm sure it's a you know a stat somebody over there knows. So, if uh, anybody from SU Athletics happens to be listening and knows that, feel free to get in touch and let us know on that. But I don't think that's ever been the case. And those are your three big guns, right? Now, it's Syracuse Lacrosse is a huge deal successfully and historically and championship-wise, and it's one of the better programs in that sport. So the big three, if you will, are football, basketball, lacrosse. But football, men's basketball, women's basketball, in terms of strings of success, known coaches at the school, branding, marketing, all these things we can bring up. Lacrosse, obviously, is in that conversation, but the women's team has kind of stepped ahead of them. They had a Final Four in recent years and are bringing in high-quality recruits, and they're a brand-name program, and for a long time they were not. But I don't know if that's ever happened, and I'm, I'm saying that with a question mark because I don't know that, but it's still pretty darn cool. It's the case right now. That's hot. Greg Williams, ladies and gentlemen, would like you to know that I, I could have been a head coach, you know, Quote, since I left Buffalo, I had 11, 11 letters to interview for head coach jobs. Four of them I didn't even have to interview, just show up and sign the contract. That's uh, via Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com. It was a terrific reporter, by the way, covering a really bad football team. Uh-huh. Just could have walked in, signed the, just sign on the dotted line right here, been a head coach. 
in the National Football League that many times. Four of them I didn't even have to interview, just show up and sign the contract. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you would rather be a coordinator in the league that many times. No, I'm good here. Rather than be a head coach, one of the rarest jobs in professional sports, one of the more high-profile jobs, highest-paying jobs, feeding the ego of being a head coach, and all that comes with it. You're telling me you passed on that four times just because? Right. I believe the the interviewing thing because, you know, it's the old boys club and they just interview who they know and it recycles and it goes around and back and forth and here, there, you hear the same names year in and year out. But That's hot. Gotcha, Greg. See, you haven't changed from your, your time in Buffalo, by the way. Speaking of Buffalo, Matt Barkley has come to save us all. Matt Barkley has been signed by the Buffalo Bills as a backup quarterback. A Terrell Pryor uh, signing is official now, not as a quarterback, but as a, a wide receiver who, you know, frankly, I would rather see play quarterback than Nathan Peterman. So here's the situation. Going into the Chicago Bears game this weekend, with or without Khalil Mack, still one of the best defenses in the National Football League, if not the best right now. And if Nathan Peterman goes down or throws five interceptions and a half, which really isn't that crazy to think about, you're telling me Matt Barkley is the guy to come in and save the day. Now, I guess Matt Barkley at least has been an active backup quarterback a little bit more than Derek Anderson recently. So we got that going for us, which is nice, but it is incredible to me. Josh Allen got hurt, and that's fair to bring up, but – You sure about that A.J. McCarron trade for a fifth-round pick back in the day? Because the reason that was made was their faith in Nathan Peterman. I hope I'm wrong on this part. I hope I'm dead wrong on this part that they got the evaluation of Josh Allen correct, and he will be the long-term answer quarterback for the Bills. And I have faith that's the case because I think he's got the tools to do it. But when it has come to evaluating the quarterback position from top to bottom, assessing who should be backups, assessing, assessing, pardon me, who should be there over others, boy, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have blown this. Just absolutely blown this. It's only the most important position in all of football. And you're scrambling to bring in Matt Barkley, to bring in Derek Anderson. Listen to what I'm saying here. I'm saying you should have kept A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron's not even that good. But I'd rather have him over any of these chumps that you're trotting out there to start this week against the Chicago Bears. Nathan Peterman should have been cut after the Chargers game last year, and you kept him there. And he should have been cut after he blew it in week one, and you kept him on there. And he should have been cut after he came in for Josh Allen and, and looked like the bum that he is. And I don't mean that personally. I mean football-wise. He just can't play in the NFL. And now he's got to start again. Like I would rather sign Matt Barkley off the street and have him start over Peterman, whose sole purpose is to be a human punching bag. It's, it's, it's embarrassing that they have dropped the ball that much. By the way, I do have confirmation to go back to our topic a moment ago. Give him a shout-out. Thank you, Pete Moore, for letting us know. That's the first time that all three of those programs, Syracuse, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, have been in the poll at the same time. That's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of which, Rob the goalie wants to hop on with us at 437-7644. Robbie, go 5 What's up, buddy? 
bud. What's happening, man? Hey, uh, I was just going to, I was just thinking that um, it's never been mentioned that I've ever heard, but it, Syracuse could probably get a team ranked pretty quick if they had women football. How come there's no women football? <laughs> They're, they've got an taboo? opportunity to just break new ground here, Robbie. That's, that might be taboo, but I think it could happen. They do hockey. Let's make it happen. We've got to get around that Title IX oh, deal. But you One know, more thing. I'm sure we can one make more that thing. happen for you. Hey, I uh, won my costume contest at work today. I was dressed up as Michael Myers. Now that's my man right there. There you go, bud. Fantastic. Happy Halloween. Creeping everybody out at the office. Way to go, Rob. Way to go. That's our buddy Rob the goalie on the block ESPN Radio. It was the boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. Thank you. Bye-bye.